0: Welcome to another Carlin Laid Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw.
1: I'm Sean Carlin.
0: Now, Sean, uh, how do you think the COVID-19 is going to affect the changeover of sports with the extension of sports like You
1: football? mean from winter to summer? Yeah. I have no idea. Well wow. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody?
0: No, no. But let's uh, let's have a look at what we reckon is going to happen. I mean, for a start, you've got a lot of uh,
1: young men playing. Are we talking like high-level stuff or are we talking… Uh, Both. Both. Well, at, at the top level, I mean, I guess they, I mean, there is what, like cricket and footy might have some shared ground stuff. They might have to um, compete for ground use. But now with the AFL having like their hubs and only playing in certain states, um, there might be still availability of, of grounds for cricket.
0: Yeah, maybe so, but there's still a lot of the grounds that are used for cricket are used for football as well. And with the hubs happening, It restricts the availability.
1: It will, won't it? Like, there will be some issues. And even, um, I mean, if we look now, uh, we've got a bit of a hot spot over there in Victoria, unfortunately, and still New South Wales. So there's things still going on in our country. It's not like we are uh, clear. So um, I guess just like the the winter sports have had to deal with COVID-19, the summer sports are going to have to be the same.
0: Well, hopefully we don't get a second wave over here like they've had in Victoria, which has been absolutely woeful. I I can't believe how terrible that's been.
1: It is. It's devastating, isn't it? And it's very sad uh, to see the numbers and poor people uh, losing their lives. So commiserations to their families. But it is. It's a tragedy. And um, let's hope that Victoria, they seem to be getting on top of it. And let's hope that uh, the other states, including us, have learned from that and don't let that happen here.
0: There's been talk in cricket circles about playing two tests at Allied Oval and uh, there's been other uh, areas of concern where uh, they're going to go to these sporting hubs for various sports. Um, I know uh, the Australian Baseball League, have uh, uh, they're ready to put out a programme but they're just holding back a little bit before they make that. But it looks like Melbourne probably will not be in the mix and and Melbourne actually won the the title. They be Adelaide Giants last year. Um, So I'm thinking, where will they play? And Geelong... Uh, career. The, the young Koreans come out and they, they base themselves at Geelong. So there's actually two of the ABL teams based in um, uh, Victoria. And then you've got um, Canberra and Sydney sort of, uh, they're more the hot type spots. Uh, Perth and LA seem okay. So what happens, do they go back more to like an old Claxton Shield series where they all congregate in one state and just play series?
1: They might have to do that, mightn't they? Because I mean, you're going to have to have your 14 days uh, isolation and quarantine. So, even if you do leave your state um, to go somewhere else, there's still going to be that period of time where you can't, you know, you have to be isolated from everybody else. So, maybe that's what they have to do is like get people to a spot, let them isolate, and then play a few games and maybe uh, do the same again, like have a break and then come back and do the same thing.
0: You know, just looking at local sport now, traditionally we'd be wrapping up the the minor rounds uh, in August and. um, And finals will be uh, in September, but everything's been sort of pushed back a little bit, which is a little bit of concern because normally um, metropolitan football usually finishes uh, maybe a week or two out of the uh, long weekend in October and then the summer sports start the week after October. But a lot of these sports are looking at going right up to October.
1: Yeah, well, they're certainly trying to make the most of the time they have. And so I guess, like I said before, I think summer sports will just have to adjust. I mean, not all summer sports because, obviously, even though you might have players or people who are playing a summer and winter sport there's a crossover, they might just have to prioritise their time. And like something like track and field athletics, for example, will probably be able to go ahead as a summer sport with, with not too many hassles because... Um, Again, people might not come out and compete straight away if they're still in their winter sport, but I guess the, the competitions aren't going to be affected in terms of venues. Uh, so, what are the summer sports do you think? We've got tennis, we've got cricket, uh, athletics. Um, what else have we got?
0: Oh, you've got uh, baseball and softball. You've softball.
1: got. There's a variety of different sports. Um, a lot of sports now just go all year round, don't they? So, they'll just have to obviously reschedule you know they'll finish their winter and then they'll go into their summer comp as per normal maybe they'll have a a bit more break before christmas and then start off in the new year
0: well there's two issues there's the one we're talking about with the availability of grounds but there's also the people that play summer and winter sport and they the crossover's always been smooth for them and and, and i've been talking to a couple of people about what they're going to do are they going to start the cricket on time or are they going to finish the footy and the, the attitude seems to be a little bit, oh, well, you know, we're fine for the finals. If we're in the final for footy, it'll be football. But um, if we're sort of out of it, well, you know, might miss a game or two to play cricket. So there seems to be, people's minds seem to be made up about which way they're going, depending on, on the
1: success rate of the winter sport. Yeah, and I think not, or oh, I mean, I know, what's the SANFL doing with their final series? Are they shortening that series?
0: Yeah, they're going to have um, a final four. They normally have a final five, so they've cut out the elimination qualifying final the first week of finals. So basically, it'll be a three-week final series. I'll have the uh, one versus two and the three versus four the um, first week, and then they'll have the preliminary final and then the grand final.
1: And the uh, Gorla Barossa League are only having, is that a two-week final series, yep. is that correct?
0: Preliminary final, grand final, so... Uh, Top team goes straight into the grand final, and the second, third teams will play off uh, a preliminary final. So who meets them in the grand final? So
1: if those sort of things are happening. That might that's going to shorten that finals window, isn't it? That yep. period of time, which normally might go for like four weeks or so. So we're probably only, it's probably going to be only a, a shorter. It's not a big period of time where they'll be infringing on the traditional summer time.
0: Yeah, I mean, there, there's some of the sports can. Um, uh, play on different days, like athletics can have midweek competitions to start, start their seasons. I, I know um, at Cub Ethan Reserve at Gawler, uh, soccer's extended their season and, of course, we've got uh, baseball and, um, and uh, softball starting up uh, the, after the long weekend. Uh, there's been negotiations between those sports, but some of the biggest issues are like canteen money, uh, how to raise money for these types of clubs, um, are we sharing the facilities, um, it's got to cost soccer money if, if baseball's playing, at the same time as soft, um, softball and soccer. So these are the types of issues that, that sports have to sort of negotiate.
1: They do, and I know even you know, when I was involved in basketball here, we would organise our trials for summer. Um, I mean, we obviously had people who played basketball all winter and then continued in summer, but you also had players... Uh, often from the country regions or who were heavily involved in their winter sport. And then they would come and play summer basketball. So we certainly always had to try and get our timing right there so that we had an opportunity to try all of the kids at once. Um, So I imagine, as you're saying, like most sports are going to have to rethink uh, their lead into the, to their summer and how that's going to look. But it's just the way it is. I mean, it's been a very, very different time and it, it's going to continue well into next year Um, so it's just something we have to get used to is dealing with a bit of compromise
0: another issue obviously is those people that get a cold they they may have to isolate for 14 days which then may sort of um, uh, deteriorate the numbers available to play sport
1: yeah, well, I mean, obviously people want to play sport because people want to get out there and do stuff. But we, again, now we're in that time, even work, school, whatever, um, we're being clearly told, if you are not well, don't go, which is what people have to do so we can keep safe.
0: And then you've got the social distancing aspect. Um, it's, it's all going to be new. I mean, I, I'm just thinking to myself, um, when you look at sports like baseball and softball, where there's a lot of interaction where... Um, you know everyone high fives and everyone sort of does that type of stuff how are they going to look
1: I mean I was watching the footy on the weekend and when Carlton won kicked the goal from the boundary after the fight there was no social distance (laughs) (laughs) because this is I mean this is the weird stuff isn't it these are all the sort of things that are happening we're playing a full on contact sport where people are in real contact with each other and then like I watched the netball had a bit of netball on the news and uh, the girls lined up and they gave each other elbow bumps as they walked by. And I thought, it's just, hey, you guys have just played against each other where you've been in full con I mean, close contact, and now at the end we're going to do some elbow bumping. It, like, <laughs> there's all these contradictions, and so <laughs> it's weird. Like You'll see the footy of the guys just pile on each other because they were so excited they forget social distancing. And then they'll do the interviews after the game and there will be the interviewer and the football player like three metres apart. And you're like, yeah, it's an interesting thing I'm seeing here.
0: Well, you know, you can't take the emotion out of sport. And whereas social distancing is a, a mental aspect that you think about and you stop doing it. But when you're on the field of battle and emotions take over, you don't think about things like that.
1: No, they don't, obviously. And you can't, I mean, obviously you can't play the sport that way even if it's meant to be you're in close proximity so you can't social distance and uh, that's obviously why all of these processes are being put in place with our hubs and isolations and so on and uh, let's hope players continue to do the right thing even though they don't always do that
0: No, look it's a hard one but when you, when you look at what happened to Victoria over the last month or two you know a second wave can really it, it seems even worse than the, the first wave
1: It does, and I think we, um, I mean, I certainly caught myself taking things for granted here. We had done so well, and we had no cases, and all of a sudden we certainly, I mean, I think everyone was the same. We were all relaxing a little bit, um, not doing this, acting the same way, doing the same sort of behaviours. But as soon as Victoria started firing up, and then you thought, hang on a minute, we've got to take this uh, more seriously, and we do need to be conservative. And unfortunately, human nature is that we get, um, not bored is the word, but we're impatient, aren't we? Yeah. And so you see it all around the world now. People are, oh, I've got to get out. We've been locked up for too long. You know, this is against my rights and blah, blah, blah. And you think, well, you only have to look at what's happening in Victoria, as you say, and the tragedy that's unfolding and people just need to go hang on. There are some bigger things at play here. And so, um, and if it means that sport has to take a back foot for a while, and other things do, so be it.
0: I think the message that's come out about the sport, starting up with the AFL and various other sporting bodies, is there's the other side of the uh, COVID-19 is is the mental side of it and how that affects people. So, sport at least gives people that outlet, even if they can't go to games, they can watch it on TV, and people are starting to to. Uh, Mentally heal in that regard because there's been a lot of that um, depression going on because people just feel caged.
1: Yeah, I hear that and I read about that and um, and I I get it to some degree. But again, it's not this is not the worst thing that can happen, is it? I mean, having to stay home and I get we're all in different scenarios with work commitments and or ability to work or not to work. So we all have different circumstances. I mean, sport isn't the be-all, end-all. It's not the answer to all of those problems. But, um, again, it's we just have to be patient, don't we? Well, we it have to is. learn to... And people, you know, when we hear stories about what has happened in in the past when there has been other pandemics and wartime, etc., um, we know that human spirit is strong. Mm-hmm. It is. And we can... We, You know, humans across... Uh, centuries have dealt with things that are as bad or or much worse than this. And so I think people need to take heed of that and learn from the past and say we are capable, we are strong enough to deal with this situation and come out better um, and we'll learn from what's going on.
0: One of the interesting um, byproducts of all this is I I hear a lot of people talking about the standard of football 20, 30 years ago. So there's a lot of nostalgia there. People are revisiting... um, the glory times, and they're starting to appreciate how different the game is played today, and they don't like what they see, which has been a gradual changeover with the change of walls and things, but it's interesting that people are only just now seeming to appreciate that.
1: Well, we spoke about that in another podcast, didn't we, where people, because they, were, they couldn't watch sport now, were looking at things from the past, and of course we then uh, tend to compare things, and so it's always difficult. When you're in the midst of something, like change can happen so slowly that you don't notice it. And when you can do a contrast and compare, then you can see, yeah, it was a little bit different um, back then. But does that mean it's better? I don't know.
0: Well, that's the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, that's I've I've always said it myself that I thought football was better, you know, 10, 20 years ago, et cetera, et cetera. But
1: is that just my nostalgic view? I think that's what each generation does. Like, we all look and say, oh, it was we did this, we did that, it was better then. But the current generation aren't going to think that. Like, they're like, where this is what we do now, and this is better than who cares what you guys did 30, 40 years ago. Fair enough, too. Um, and so, and who knows what it will look like in another 30 years.
0: Well, it's funny, uh, recently I watched a couple of uh, films and shows that, that, you know, I used to, my memory were they were fantastic from, you know, 40 odd years ago. And I'm watching them again, I'm saying, how can I watch this boring rubbish? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, nostalgia's not always you know, the best thing, is it?
1: No, it's not. But um, you know, sometimes it's good to look back on the past and, and see how far we've come.
0: Yeah, very interesting subject. But look, so into another Carlin Laid Sports Show. I'm Robert Laidlaw.
1: I'm Sean Carlin.